Good morning and welcome back to this continuing look to Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. We call it the book of Colossians. It was written as a letter by Paul to a church he had never visited. Today we're in chapter 2 and we will, Lord willing, cover verses 1 through 5. This letter was written primarily because Paul had heard of their strong faith, but also that there were certain people in there trying to mess them up, to pervert their faith by seeking to get them to believe that there were other things that they needed to do, such as certain foods they couldn't eat, certain foods they should eat, certain religious festivals and things like that things that are not a part of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that by grace alone, a gift from God, not by something we do, through faith alone, that is uh, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work, we are saved. Uh, not by works, but by the grace of God. John 3.16 and Ephesians 2.8 and nine. So let's read our verses, then we'll pray and we'll look at them together this morning. Heavenly Father, help us to be open to hear what you have to say to us through your word. Help us to know that you are God, know that you have spoken, know that you have a perfect plan and will for our lives. And we can and must and should trust in you with all our heart. We should not lean on our own way of understanding. In all our ways, in our thinking, our being, our doing, our spending, our going, our coming, our lying down and our rising up, we should trust in you and acknowledge you and know that you will direct our paths. Direct our paths to yourself today. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's read these verses. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. God bless this reading and perceiving of his holy word. Paul is writing to a group of people he's never met. But he's telling them something profound. He's saying, I want you to know how much I've struggled for you. Struggle not just for you, but also for those at, at another church, Laodicea, to which he had also never been. How much are we struggling for others in the body and outside the body of Christ? The body of Christ means all persons who have been born again. We need to be in prayer regularly, daily, for the body of Christ. And we need to pray for those who don't know Jesus to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
He's saying he's struggling. He's struggling in prayer. Prayer is not an easy thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. It's easy in the sense that God's ready to hear and we just need to speak. But it's work. You have to work at prayer. And especially intercessory prayer where you're interceding, pleading on behalf of others. So Paul is letting them know, I'm, I'm spending time on my knees praying for you guys who have not seen me, but praying that your hearts be encouraged. What an encouragement it is to know that others are praying for us. What an encouragement it is to them, for them to know that we are praying for them, to know that they are loved, because love is an easy word to say, but it's more about doing than speaking. And to love somebody is a commitment that we're going to care for them. And there's no greater way for us to care than through prayer. So he's saying, I have struggled for you and for those at Laodicea, that their hearts may be encouraged, knit together in love, that, that there is a oneness in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that brings us together in a way that nothing else can. No other relationship completely reaches that level. A husband and wife, the marriage relationship is the closest, but if one of them is a believer and the other is not, they're not as close as two believers because two believers are one in Christ. <clears throat> And so he's praying that they be knit together in love. We need to be knit together in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ so that in order to reach all the riches of full assurance and of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Remember, he's writing them to let them know that this foolishness that's being taught to them, that they need to do this and not do that and so forth, that are just have to do with what foods to eat and what religious festivals to keep. He's saying that that's not what it's about. He say, said, I'll, I'm doing this so that you may have the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. He wants them to know and to understand who they are in Christ Jesus, and that Jesus is in them. If they're born again, that they no longer live, but Christ lives in them. He wants them to, to have the rest and the assurance, the settled place in their hearts and minds that they are in Christ, to know the mystery, God's mystery, which is Christ, Jesus Christ, who came as a man yet was fully God, who came as a humble servant, yet he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that in him alone is all of the, the knowledge of God. It's in Christ. When we see Christ, when we read about Christ from truth and we embrace the Lord Jesus Christ as our own, we are seeing God. Christ reveals God to us. Let's pick up a clear understanding of what he means by wisdom and knowledge. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? 
Knowledge is understanding the truth. Knowledge is to apprehend what is true. Wisdom is the application of truth to the daily challenges of life. Uh, think about Solomon. He, igno- he apprehended that one of the mothers was the true mother of the child, and he applied wisdom to say, let's take a sword and cut in half, and each of you can have half. And he knew that would reveal the actual mother, that he was applying the truth with wisdom, by wisdom, to the life situation. And that's what we need to do in our daily lives is to understand the truth and then apply it to life, not be influenced by the world around us. Uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you won't be deluded by uh, foolishness. So he wants us to see the the wisdom and the knowledge of Christ. He said, I say this in order that, so that in order to protect you, that no one may fool you with plausible arguments. We live in a time where people make many plausible arguments about why we should change this and why we should change that, why we should get with the times, why we should follow the way that things are going today and leave these old ways which no longer apply. That is just not true. We must love people right where they are but we must not embrace a lie just to make other people happy, just to, to get along with other people. That's not really getting along. In fact, that's, that's not showing love. That's showing hatred or a lack of love at the very least by allowing other people to continue in, in falsehoods when you have the truth in your heart and in your hand to share with them. So he, he wants that nobody would delude them, and we don't want to be deluded either to be fooled by plausible arguments. There's some great arguments out there for various things going on in the world today, but they're not, they're not scripturally sound. They're not spiritually sound. We have to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and love our neighbors as ourselves. And the way to best love people is to treat them in the way that Christ would treat them with respect and love and to proclaim truth to them. Uh, Paul says, though I'm absent in body, in other words, though I hadn't been there to see you, but I'm with you in spirit. And what a beautiful truth this is about the body of Christ. You may be on one side of the world and me on the other, but we are together in spirit, and we can rejoice to see the good order and firmness of each other's faith in Christ. And so Paul is encouraging them. He's being an encourager to them to stand strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be blown around by all the winds of change in this world. 
Tomorrow it'll be something else. The next day it'll be something else again and so forth and so on. But the Lord changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes because he's holy and perfect. And if he changed, it would be to go from perfect to something less than perfect. And the holy God who created all can only be a perfect God. He can only be a holy God. So we stay with his plan, even when it hurts, even when it may seem like the not easy or wise thing to do, maybe even especially then, we stand on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you and grant you peace now and forever in Christ Jesus. Amen.